If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello. I am not Spock. But if I were, I would tell you to listen to the Inglorious Trexperts, in which our Trexperts talk Trek every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, and live long and whatever. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a Star Trek fan and you haven't already picked up the hardcover edition of the 50-Year Mission, it's time for you to go out and get the paperback version of the 50-Year Mission, which is just out in paperback from St. Martin's Press. This is the complete oral history of Star Trek, the first 25 years, from me and Ed Gross. And if you think you know everything there is to know about Star Trek, think again. The 50-Year Mission out in paperback now, and if you can't read, the audiobook is still available. Hey, are you Darren Docterman from the 430 movie? Why, why, yes, I am. Well, I recognize you because I have the Electric Now app, and I get to see all these great Electric Surge podcasts on video for the first time ever. I'm delighted. I'm delighted that uh, you came up to me and said hello. Well, I got to tell you, how can I watch... All these incredible podcasts, like Inglorious Trexperts, The Best Movies Never Made, and uh, other things. Well, you can find us on uh, Distro and on uh, uh, the Electric Now app. And Stir. And Stir, see, I, stir I, I knew you knew it. I did know, because I'm not really a stranger <laughs> on the street. I'm Mark A. Altman, your co-host. <laughs> well, maybe I should have been watching these podcasts all along. I would have recognized you. Join us on Electric Now, currently streaming on Distro TV and Stir, and coming soon to the Electric Now app. Back in the 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you'd never seen before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So now, join us for the 430 movie. Hello, and welcome to Star Wars Week. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. Now, the creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. continuing story of our band of heroes. Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca. And introducing Lando Calrissian. It's an epic of romance. Of heroes and villains. They cross trackless voids to unknown worlds. A galactic odyssey against oppression. 
big, new, sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy next summer. This Star is the Wars big one. Week. Star Wars week. You may have heard of it. Little franchise about rebels and oh, those evil, are those old evil movies. empire. <laughs> but you and know, we are all old enough to remember a time before Star Wars. BSW, as we call yes. it. Yes. You mean um, before the dark time, the before the empire? <laughs> um, I'm so happy. This is we've been waiting to do this for a long time. We feel you're ready for it now, and uh, I want to. <laughs> we int- aren't. I want to introduce you uh, uh, to your co-hosts here on the 4:30 movie. Uh, they are the pilots of the Millennium Falcon. Unfortunately, we're only the engineers. Uh, <laughs> that's a little Galaxy's Edge joke. Um, <laughs> Steve Melching. Hello there. And let me let me tell you something about Steve Melching before I move on oh. to Darren. Of all of us, you know, we're all on the outside looking in. Steve is on the inside mm. looking out. Steve. <laughs> Sometimes Steve, he's looking out. Yeah. Steve not only is the only man on this <laughs> dais in this podcast to have written a Star Wars movie, Star Wars The Clone Wars, one of the three credit writers with George Lucas um, on, on Star Wars. But he also was a writer for Star Wars Rebels. Yes. Star Wars Resistance. Yes. And Star Wars of the Mind. <laughs> <laughs> Also... I, I did write a fan film Star Wars script when I was in high school too. Wow! Well, and about then you Anakin also came up Obi-Wan. with the idea for Troops, the wonderful uh, that's true Kevin Rubio fan Com- film Troops coming soon to uh, Disney Plus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve is going to have a very different perspective, perhaps, maybe, maybe uh, from the rest of them, maybe not. But uh, but it's it's very very exciting. And, I can't wait to find out. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he also played the barmaid in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was one, one of the Wookies on his way home. For, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. Uh, and, <laughs> Okay, next to Steve, a man who had nothing to do with Star Wars, but has watched it a number of times, Mr. <laughs> Darren Doctorman. I've seen it a couple times. A couple of times. And I've, I've certainly spent enough on toys to uh, at least have a part of the Star Wars universe He's also dedicated made to the me. Kessel Run. Unfortunately, it's under 27 parsecs. Well, you know, the Kessel Run isn't really about speed. It's more like uh, craftiness. <laughs> yeah, craftiness. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Who needs to do the Kessler Run anyway? Anymore, you know, w- with these new fuel supplies, you don't need that old stuff anymore. So, you know, the kids like the the stuff that doesn't involve the Kessler Run. I understand. Okay. <laughs> I think Speaking I understand. of toys, it was uh, we uh, when we were working on the Clone Wars, we were trying to calculate how long we needed to work on the show to reach break-even point where we got more money out of Lucasfilm than we paid into it. Uh, years you're, still, <laughs> you're, you're still a negative Someday, number. that may never come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. That's really funny. And, of course, uh, we have our... Um, he, I got an early bird box. Our uh, young uh, Ashley, the young one. He's <laughs> early. <laughs> and uh, one day he'll get the action figures that go in this box. I'm not saying when. Uh, and, of course, it's Ashley Edward Miller. Ashley, welcome back to the show. Look, I ain't in this for your podcast. I'm not in it for you. <laughs> it's about the money. <laughs> well, that's, I'm sure that's true for all of us. Yeah. And now, if you see me leave very quickly, it's because I'm wanted by a bounty hunter on Ord Vandell. And uh, I'm going to have to duck out of here super quick. Um, anyway. 
anyway, this is exciting because, of course, a return of uh, Skywalker opens this week. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. The Rise the of Skywalker. Okay, it's the not rice, a good title rice, if I can't. The Rise, the rice of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. Rice, right. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I remember we were all And, of sitting... course, the midichlorian has been running for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Special uh, uh, microscope view on uh, Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Or I think that's a the dangerous only show Disney profession. Plus not, <laughs> not announced. The only Star Wars show they've not announced. Not is quite as exciting as I was led to believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, there's so much to talk about when it comes to Star Wars. So much, and it's, it's such an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan with Disney Plus. Not only doing. I was going to say the Midichlorian. Uh, the Mandalorian, <laughs> uh, uh, with the announcement of the Diego Luna Rogue, Rogue One series, yes, the um, uh, uh, Obi Wan uh, show, and Obi Two. Ob two, that'll be, that'll be the second in the series, and um, clone, and and then of course the the end of the uh, of the, the the nine film Skywalker saga. Thank God. <laughs> um, wow. And wow. I mean, you know, that's uh, and and of course the opening of uh, Star Wars Land of, of Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland and Disney World and a Star Wars hotel in Orlando. There's there's a lot going on at Star Wars. I mean, they're prices have always been astronomical but now <laughs> <laughs> and of course i would be remiss if i didn't mention our sister show the rebel and the rogue on electric surge which is a star wars podcast by jason tobias and, and bevan uh, where they talk about star wars every week but for us we're just talking about star wars this week this All week distilled <laughs> down into to one, one week, special event one very exciting week um i went to galaxy's edge uh two weeks ago a couple weeks ago and i have to say I was so excited. I was so excited, and 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 uh, couldn't wait to get to go. I was slightly disappointed. Really, I was, and um, I felt. Now I understand that the second ride hasn't opened, and apparently the second ride is spectacular. From everything I hear, mm. it's spectacular. Um, you know, you walk in, and yes, it's amazing. You're, you're on a Star Wars planet. I, I, you guys have been there. Oh right? yeah, so you I, are, have, yeah I, I have. Not, you have not I, been I there. I still okay. haven't been there. So I'm not. No spoilers, but. Um, uh-huh. And and that to you me can't was. You can tell me you didn't get a chill when the Millennium Falcon full I did. size no, came no. into view. No, no. Look, I'm not. <laughs> I'm saying it was somewhat disappointing. Yeah, yeah. And and, and you know, for the kids, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, my my kids are huge Star Wars fans. They loved it. My feeling ultimately about it was that there wasn't enough clever about it. Like mm. this, the Millennium Falcon spectacular the actual ride itself was basically a glorified version of star tours i prefer star tours i was happy to go on star mm-hmm. tours afterwards but star tours to me is one of the great rides of all time um but the problem is it's all handout taking your money everything's a gift uh, shop everything is a restaurant everything is you know to quote goodfellas f you pay me um and you know when that's I actually to, my agent's name or my former agent's there, name there's not enough little like Oh, like if you turn this corner, like oh my God, there's like the guy, and you would know who this is—the guy with the long nose, like the rebel spy Grindin following you, snitch, you know, or you know, I, yes. I think I mean, maybe part of it, maybe part of it, was to me, it's all you know. Um, basically, Bob Iger made a choice that because Disney is doing these new films yeah. to set it in the new it's era, all sequel trilogy. But and I'm not knocking, knocking the new films, but what I am saying is the iconic Star Wars is the original, and so. It's it, it almost is like it would have been better to set it in the original well, era. They, that I, I, knows. From what the photos I've seen, they could probably very easily change it to original or, era if they mm, wanted to. Expand I mean, it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Counterpoint. I mean, actually, and I totally get where you're where you're coming from, and I don't want to like to, to overstate your case for you. Um, I, for me, I love the Millennium Falcon ride. I actually liked it much more than Star Tours, but I've never really liked Star Tours oh, because Star man. Tours was always too static for me. I appreciate because what you were they never the spy. The I was never. You know <laughs> what? I was the never spy. the spy. But yeah. when I get to launch missiles at things, then I'm engaged and I'm in. See, they don't um, know you're a child, right? And then I also can yell at my kid while I'm on the ride. So that's cool. <laughs> um, laugh, but laugh. I will tell you what's amazing. It's not cheap, but it's amazing. Is the lightsaber I experience? Know. It is. I know it's not cheap. Unbelievable. I buy two of them. The, oh my god, <laughs> dude! But it's but it's fantastic. It's like the lightsabers are so great. Like the whole process is so amazing. Like the the, the product that you get at the end is just it's awesome. But to it me, like, it was the same thing almost that they do at Universal at Hogwarts with the wands. And I have to say, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but I almost felt Universal was a little more immersive. Mm-hmm. With Hogwarts than Disney did with, and 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 I want to say the caveat being, it's a beta test. This right. thing just opened two months ago, and Disney has done a really great job of inputting, taking input, and adjusting to make things better. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think really what Star Wars Land needs is just more of a sense of life going on there. Of, of uh, you are going to have Star Wars in your Star Wars Land. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there's well, a thing with the can. They have a cantina, right? Right, and they don't have the band playing. And you know, yeah. and it's a jukebox, right, or something. Yeah, and 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 there's a lot going on, but you actually have to make a reservation, which we did. But then it's a bar right. where they serve alcohol. Right. It's so crowded that like we went and we looked around and we laughed, you know. And and for me, that's almost better. Like you do it like um, uh, Peter Pan or or something, where you walk through and see all this stuff, right. where mm-hmm. it could be an attraction rather than. And you can also go to it. Yeah, and then you can go to it at the end. Right. Maybe there's a, a section where you can actually go to it, but. There's so little, like once you're off the Millennium Falcon, which yes, I agree. When you're in the Millennium Falcon, it's crazy. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you know, sitting at the table where they play chess or whatever the, the actual name is, which the I jar. The jar. Thank you. So make up a um, word, Steve. Yes. <laughs> so, this isn't a knock on it. I'm saying it with love. But yes, it is magical. It is magical to be walking through a Star Wars planet. It's just, just I felt more. I just wanted more. Mm-hmm. I wanted more of it. It's like looking at your little brother who might be a little slow and saying, "I love you, but I want you to do better." <laughs> wow. And I'm not saying my little brother is slow because he's great. But... <laughs> and you don't want him to do better. But, well, that's not true at all. You know, it's, it's funny because it's kind of like when we talked about a couple of weeks ago on Inglorious Trexperts, we talked about the making of the Star Trek experience, which was also mm-hmm. an attempt to do an in-universe experience. And I love the fact that Disney decided to do a Galaxy's Edge in-universe. You know, yeah, that, that, awesome. that, you know, And it, it's a little struggle because, of course, some of the actors, like when you had the lightsaber, it's a little dodgy. I mean, they're trying to remember their lines and yeah. what they're supposed to say and marshal up some enthusiasm. And you know, not, it's not exactly Meryl Streep or even Natalie Portman. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but I love that it's in universe. In fact, the L.A. Times did a takedown saying, "Oh, it's so ridiculous that they try and make it in universe. Who cares?" And it's like, no, I think it's great that they yeah. make it like as though you're entering, you know, you're in Star Wars. No, I've heard a rumor that if the troopers come up to you and start to ask you questions, you can try the Jedi mind trick on them, oh. and it'll work. Oh, really? really? Oh, that's really Sup- cool. That's supposedly. I hope that's true. If I ever go, I'm going to try it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we should all try it and yeah. tweet like crazy The problem was it. when I was there, and maybe, I mean, the, the only, we were there you know, in that part of the park for a couple hours, 
I only saw the stormtroopers once, and they mm-hmm. were like just surrounded by, you know, people, and there weren't a lot of characters. Like at some point, Chewbacca was around. Well, they were under siege, and they're stormtroopers, and because they're stormtroopers, they can't hit anybody. So of course, they were surrounded <laughs> by people. <laughs> but there should be a lot more like Star Wars characters going right. and interacting and doing stuff. Mm. I mean, I, so is that? But again, there should be it, a lot more Death Squad command. I do yeah. feel <laughs> until uh, yeah. I, I Jawas do feel, panhandling, yeah. trying to steal your stuff. That's Pick funny. Bucket. <laughs> like, you know, you're walking around, Jawas are coming up trying to grab your stuff. That's really funny. They're really hard um, to cast, though. I mean, they should bring you on as a consultant. Um, <laughs> Who says they haven't? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, like, I'm not bad. I'm like, you know, we're guilty of not appreciating all this, ama- this, this, this amazing golden, geek, age, golden right. age of geekness that we live in. So it's like the fact that Disney has a Star Wars land and... By all rights, that hotel looks spectacular. I'm going to yeah. go to Orlando just to stay yeah, at that hotel. Yeah, looks pretty cool. Um, but uh, it looks really I'm take amazing. take out a, a more second mortgage on my house first, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it really expensive? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and there's all the sense of like, oh, it's underperforming. It's like, you know what? You know what underperformed? California Adventure underperformed right. its first year. Everybody's saying, oh, this is a disaster. It was my eyes Yeah, but folly. California Adventure sucks. <laughs> it got better. It got way better. <laughs> Not it got really. way better. No, they, they, it got better. Yeah. It definitely got better. Well, let me ask you. I, I'd heard uh, a while back that um, the merchandise was a lot of it was sold out at Star Wars Land. It, did it seem to be well stocked when you were there? It seemed very well stocked. And I will tell you what was really intriguing about it. Like my son got a holocron, right? Mm-hmm. Which, if you didn't watch Star Wars Rebels, you have no idea what right. a freaking holocron. It was so interesting that it was deep cuts. Yeah, like the merchandise. It wasn't like it's Darth Vader. Now they had some of that stuff. Yeah, um, but. It was really very esoteric stuff, but that was kind of cool. But it I also think, made it more well, expensive. Because you can put different uh, crystals into the right. uh, holocron. Yeah, and oh, get yeah. different and voices. Like one out of two hundred is, is the black, black crystal. crystal. Well, well, one, one of the voices I think you can hear is the Bendu. Yeah, which right. is pretty. Trust awesome. me. Unfortunately, I know because I had to buy every freaking Kyber crystal in the store, so uh, <laughs> that they could put them into the holocron. Okay. And then the lightsabers have Kyber crystals. And I mean, you know, it's amazing. I was able to afford gas crystals to get over here this ass. morning. What I'm excited to see is there are actually a couple items for sale there based on things in episodes that I wrote that I actually named. Oh, nice. that's cool. <laughs> like the the Krikna spiders from Star Wars and Rebels, I like came up with that name, or the um, the Nebre mantas mm. from Clone Wars, they sell little toys of those. But most of the stuff is in the gift shop. And right. what I'm saying is, that's great. Right, that's right. cool. You want to see it but it's not part of but the... But it should be part of an attraction. Like There should yeah. be more walk-through stuff. Like, you know, when you walk through uh, the, magic, uh, the, ca- the castle... You know, and they have exhibit. Like, there's right. so much in the Star Wars universe. Now, I will admit that we didn't see part of it, and then we found it at the end where the other ride is going to open, and oh. they had like a B wing or they had some stuff. But even that, it's like you'd rather see like an X wing, right? right? You know, you want to see classic. You want to see a Tie Fighter. So the fact that they chose to go with the new era, you know, is. Well, who knows? In ten years, they might do a makeover. It'd be easy enough to swap out the yeah. the fighters and, and the, where they and the put costumes. it in the park. In, in it's ten years, easy to expand outwards. In ten years, yeah. the fans of the original are going to be dead. So, um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey, now. that's not true. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. Wish they were dead. Oh, oh, oh man, you are so. When did you become so negative? Uh, about five years ago. The <laughs> Disney, the happiest place on earth, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying this with love. I'm saying you know because I think Disney's fantastic. I think Galaxy. 
Yeah, just fantastic. I just feel it could be better. It could be more. I, I, and, and, I'm hoping to check it out uh, before WonderCon next year. It's like, oh, that's, that's a great. I usually go down a day early and get the hotel a day early, and then uh, then just go to the theme park. We should all go do a and live take episode. a camera, do a live episode, just, and have the know, podcast pay for it. That's right. <laughs> So. Hey, Dean Devlin, are you listening? <laughs> no, I think it would be a really, I mean, that could be fun for us to go and, and do a, you know, kind of a, a remote report, for remote, a remote from, from Bantu or Batu. Batu. Or Batu. 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 And, uh, <laughs> Reporting live. <laughs> apparently, today, two Jawas were arrested for, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, apparently, like I said, the second, it's, it's hard to know because the second ride is, is apparently... Is spectacular. That's the right. the is big it, resistance. Re, yeah. Uh, ride. Is it ri- rise, rise of the resistance? Or, yeah. Mm. Or, or rice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the there's rice in there somewhere. The, the thing that happens with Smuggler's Run is, and again, interesting choice because I love Hondo. Right. You know, the character of Hondo from Clone Wars yeah. and, and Rebels. But um, uh, he is the centerpiece of it. And I wonder how many people who come in to this right and have any no, idea who, who Hondo Anaka right. is. It's an odd choice, you know? It's not but, like it's Jabba. Everyone knows who Jabba right, is. If it right. was Jabba. Well, even that, it's like I would love to have seen a hut. But because right. that lends itself to animatronics. Could yeah. you imagine? Because the Hondo and Naka animatronics, animatronics are amazing. Yeah. I mean, the it animatronics would, are amazing. It would, it would only be better if it were Jabba the Hut who was introducing the ride if he spoke to everybody getting on the ride in Huttese without yes. translation. Yeah. Right. So all of the, you know, you have to stay inside the blah, blah, blah at all times. <laughs> and all that was all, ha, ha, ha. And just like, <laughs> you just don't know. Please keep your safety harness. <laughs> secured at all times. Well, one of the um, one of the gift shops had a uh, salacious crumb, um, uh, you know, which oh, we... a Kawakian monkey lizard. So, yeah, yeah, no, salacious oh. crumb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and that would have been kind of fun. That to, 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 I should have gotten us, which is actually crumb. a pretty good band name. He, I should have gotten a salacious crumb because <laughs> it sat on my shoulder during this podcast. I went, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we're here to talk about. Wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk about. Star Wars, Star and, you know, Wars. we're we're you know we're we're honoring um, the, the incredible legacy of Star Wars, uh, which exploded on the scene in 1977. We and are children of Star Wars. We are, we indeed. That's a good way of putting it. We are children of, of Star Wars. Um, it is a film that changed the industry in so many ways, in a lot of ways for the better, a lot of ways for the worse. Um, you know, in terms of uh, you know, but I, I don't think the the negative changes were the fault of the film. I think that was the fault of the reaction to the film by. Other, you know, studio executives or filmmakers. Oh, just ask to... Marty Scorsese. <laughs> right. Well, that's a whole another conversation, you know, um, that we should we we should have because that engendered, you know, quite a uh, passionate response with yeah. Scorsese and and Coppola, who was actually taken out of context somewhat. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, sort of talked about Marvel. No, but I, hey, I, clickbait. It's all okay. Yeah. Look, I. Yeah, you know, People got angry what I, I don't understand, and we've had this conversation before, you know, just to go off on a tangent for a second, is why, <laughs> why, why uh, you know, people are so irate uh, and, and there's so much anger towards them. These are two of the greatest filmmakers who ever lived, masters of the medium. They are entitled to say whatever the yep. they yep. want. Yep. And you know what? It doesn't diminish, if you love Marvel movies, it doesn't diminish your love of Marvel movies. No. So, no. And it's that's their opinion. But again, like we feel about certain movies, a lot of people have very sort of personal possessive feelings about specifically things. the Marvel movies. Yeah. And um and they take these things very personally. Well let's ask let's ask Ashley. Okay. Because Ashley, you know, he's the only one here who's right, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, Ashley wrote uh, a Mar- uh, a, a, a one MCU movie and another Marvel movie, you know, for Fox, the, the X Men, and he wrote Thor for MC- 
how, how do you feel about what Scorsese and Coppola said about Marvel movies? Um, uh, let's make some news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, Don't wait. wait for the translation. We'll cut right back to that too. <laughs> I think they're wrong. I mean, I think. Well, I'll tell you where I think they're right. Um, that that there there are movies that get releases that I don't think qualify as as cinema because I don't think that they are they are reaching to be cinema. I don't know that they that they have real content behind them. But I, I think that that is irrespective of their genre. And I think that there are films in the superhero genre um, that are completely valid cinema. Um, you know, as, as valid as anything else. You know, I, I think that uh, that Thor um, or uh, X-Men First Class, for example, are as valid as, say, Bram Stoker's Dracula. You know, um, and look, I have huge respect for Scorsese and Coppola. I happen to love their movies. I think they're geniuses. I respect their opinions. I get where they're coming from, right? Because I think what they're reacting to is this sense that the only thing that the studios are getting behind and the only thing that they are supporting in theaters um, are these types of movies. And because of that, it is driving other film uh, into venues that are less expansive, that are not theatrical, which yep. I think is their preferred venue. Yes. And that is the thing I think they're reacting against and perhaps inartfully complaining complaining yeah. about. Agreed. I, yeah. I completely agree with that. You know, look at your, you know, uh, Marty Scorsese, one of the great geniuses of all time. You know, he, he had to get his film financed through Netflix and, and, you know, it's getting a token release over the course of a month and then it's going to be on Netflix. And, you know, the, the 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 market, but that's an, it should be an indictment of the audience, not an right. indictment of the films. I mean, I, it's not wrong to say that Marvel movies are theme park attractions in a sense. However, you know what you have to laud about them is the fact that you know, starting with Kevin Feige, you know, who he's the first, uh, uh, you know, sort of of his, his ilk to care about the quality right. and who's bringing so much more to these type of films than you know in the past when people made superheroes movies. Oh, you know, even you know going back to Superman. You know, the, the executives were just like, oh, you know, this has a following. We should try and do it. Thanks to Richard Donner and Tom Mankiewicz and these people that it was a masterpiece. It was a great, great movie. But, you know, but as, people were so dismissive. of. They all thought it was Batman 66. As much as I love Superman, I wouldn't call it cinema. Interesting. It's a ride. It's it's not a ride. It's, it's, it's an it's entertainment. A, it's, a, it's an entertainment. There's it's a, nothing It's a wonderful story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Entertainment is great. We, you know, yeah. we need, you know. That, that's a fair point. And, and of Although course. I, I disagree because I think that the first 45 minutes to an hour of Superman is, Superman the movie, is legit cinema. Um, you know, that, that you could tell that story, you know, of that kid and, um, you know, his you know relationship with his with his parents with like his power versus what they are and like i mean all of that is just beautiful there's really some great imagery in that opening hour or so i mean and then like yes it it becomes the rest of it which i think is fun and great and cool right. and i love but it's it's completely valid as a cinematic experience but i think that's an interesting distinction you're making they, between I, I think, popcorn entertainment but, but what and art. they're talking about is Movies about real people with real problems that can't be solved by flying around the world and turning back time. Right. That's what I think they mean. Right. And and that something that can tell people about how real people deal with real problems. And I think that's where they're coming from. I mean, that's a really good point. I will tell you what I resented about this whole argument. Uh, what you're having is a very reasonable and, and interesting, compelling <laughs> argument. Uh, uh, 
what what bothered me was people would respond by saying, well, you know, compare their box office over their entire yeah, career yeah, to the Marvel movies. How the hell does that, what does that have or, to do with when anything? when was the last time they made a film that was relevant? Right? I, I that mean, people went to, you know, like, he never, other than, you know, he never needed to make anything other than The Godfather. Yeah, right. If he never made anything other than Godfather 2, if he never made anything other than The Conversation. Or, or yeah. it, it, you know, a couple times I saw, I, I saw, shut up, old white man. Oh. You know, come on. You know that's just that's just appalling, and that's that rude. that just eliminates your argument in my yeah. in my. They mind. are masters yeah. of their craft. They have right. you know, I I I basically posted up on Facebook my response to that, and two days later, John Favreau said exactly the same thing. These guys have earned their position to have any opinion whatsoever Damn about right. anything. Yeah, that's right. And so, especially when you know websites are asking them questions about this. Yeah. For sure. So, and not only that, there are probably no two directors, certainly not more than Scorsese, who know more about cinema and the mm-hmm. history oh, of the yeah. cinema. Oh my God! Yes. So when he says something about movies, you have to stop and listen and take it very seriously. Yeah. And there is no diminishing that. Well, now, try and Scorsese, understand what he means. Scorsese right. even made a great was it a five part uh, special? Yeah, the a, history Mark's of American personal history film, uh, journey Mark's, through American film, which is right. wonderful. I, I think it airs on TCM or maybe mm-hmm. on Criterion Channel. Check it out. It's a fantastic uh, documentary. So. What about the Star, Star Wars, Wars thing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Star Wars. Boy, this is Star crazier than our fast food uh, restaurant digression. <laughs> Those crazy um, Star Wars. So Monday, Steve. So Monday, so I am going to program something uh, that w- was almost as influential to me as a Star Wars thing as the first film itself, and that is the first appearance of Star Wars on television in the form of the making of Star Wars Well, that's special. interesting. Wow. Well, that's an interesting thing. It aired thing. on ABC in uh, September was of Was it ABC or CBS? ABC. Really? It was ABC. Yeah. And uh, it, was, uh, it was an hour special uh, written by Richard Schickel, right? yeah. the film critic, and narrated by William Conrad. William Conrad. And Captain William Buck Rogers, frozen right. by cosmic yes. forces beyond and this, imagination. This is a special that aired, you know, kind of at the height of Star Wars mania. You know, Star Wars was everywhere. It was inescapable that whole summer. And it was so exciting to get a glimpse of how this film was made. And it's a really, it's to this day, I think, a, one of the better making of uh, th- things that's ever been produced. Mm. It, it takes you through the entire filmmaking process from the conception of the story through the final release it's absolutely amazing and 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 it and it lets you spend time you know it's not just a constant barrage of information mm-hmm. like some of the scenes just unfold like there's scenes of just you know things happening on the set mm-hmm. and just like you know 20 30 seconds of of them shooting a scene and having a conversation about the blocking or something right. and uh, and it goes into Things that sometimes people don't think about, like sound design, and you know, interviewing Ben Burt talking about how he created. Although that happens in the Empire, one. But well, there is some stuff on the sound effects. In yeah, the, he's on the phone. Uh, well, uh, that phone might have been the Empire one. That's in the Empire one. Yeah, um, But they do. The, what's so great about it was that, I mean, it has this silly little sort of in-studio wraparound with. 3PO and R2 right. sort of bickering host, with each other yeah, and, and a projection of Darth Vader comes up and they're all scared. Oh, um, but it's, <laughs> it's, can you do that, that again? No, that is, that is completely, you know, laughable. But the great thing is that it immediately goes into this, you know, uh, B-roll 
of stuff that is was shot on the set at the time and it's it's absolutely magical yeah. just like you said because it's it's showing you this this uh behind the scenes of this um, amazing film that you have seen already but you didn't realize that there were real people behind the camera it's like and that's why this yeah. was such a revelation yeah. for me as as a 9-year-old watching this that was the 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 thing that clicked in my brain that there are people that make these movies and I want to be one of those people. You know, Steve, it's such an interesting pick and I hadn't really thought about this in a long time and I believe it's on the Blu-ray. Of, yes, it uh, is on the Blu-ray. And um, I remember before Star Wars was released on home video, they put out the making of Star Wars on home video, which is what we all watch waiting for Star Wars yes. to come out and, you know, anxiously awaiting. But, you know, I, I think almost more than anything, you know, because we're all in the, obviously we're all in the industry or we're all in the business and um, the three seminal things were probably uh, Stephen Whitfield's making of Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know, the Jaws log, Jaws log. Uh, by Carl uh, Gottlieb, mm-hmm. and then you know, making of Star Wars. And I would add a close fourth would be um, remember that show that Tom Bosley narrated? That's yeah, Hollywood, that's Hollywood. <laughs> you know, yeah. which ended yes. with the Death Star exploding. Yeah. <laughs> Those were like the seminal, yeah. uh, you know, like that paved the way. I would always watch that just for a, a, a hint of a Get Star that Wars fleeting clip. glimpse of yeah. Darth Vader's Tie yeah. Fighter. But I think this was this uh, making of special was really one of the first times. I mean, make behind the scenes things weren't really a thing Mm-mm. before then. No, I mean, there were occasional, like uh, you know, occasional uh, little reels about it. But and like Bogdanovich, a... the men who made the movies, and right. they were like these little five minute, sixteen millimeter yeah. things. Although where... when you're eight years old, Bogdanovich you don't really is have much. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm saying, <laughs> none of, I bet none of us watched those till many no. years later, yeah, right. right? Exactly. But but yeah. it's it you know. Watching like, them see, build the sets, yeah, mm-hmm. and and you know the seeing the droids on location in Tunisia and having trouble with the remote control difficulties and... with the robots led to a loss of time. <laughs> but and it in was... the Star Wars universe, where each day can cost upwards of a hundred thousand dollars, yeah, that was, was, that was the beginning of demystifying <laughs> the process yes. too, um, where but, you know lifting up the curtain. But demystifying in a way that that I don't think did. You know, it, it didn't diminish the, the magic, diminish the magic. Anyway. exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's funny because I don't remember the 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 content of the special, but I remember watching the special and having this incredible vicarious experience watching the special yep. and wanting to do that and be there yeah. and be in it. And I had yeah. no idea what I wanted to do. I know the first thing that I did was like I wanted to start making models, and I yes. created such a mm-hmm. mess with glue. Oh, it was terrible. It was the worst. But my God, it was also, it was magical. It was fantastic. And it it kind of paved the way for this. I was extremely lucky early in my life to visit the set of Sesame Street Mm. when I was four years old. And seeing this, seeing the making of Star Wars was very similar because my experience of visiting Sesame Street was I got to see everything in this soundstage. Right. And all the lights above hanging from the rafters and and the fake street set. And I looked behind Oscar the Grouch's uh, trash can and saw the hole cut in the trash can. And I, you know, at four years old, I realized, oh, well, that's where the puppeteer can reach through and, and be Oscar. And it didn't take away any of the magic at all. What? Yeah. yeah. There was a, a puppeteer behind yeah. Oscar? Hand we have right to, up Oscar's. We have to we have to talk. Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no wonder we are so grouchy. It's it. <laughs> in fact, it in fact added more magic to yeah, it. Right. Yeah. And you're like, wow, how did they do yeah. the artistry of yes. that? Someone could bring that and, to life. And the making of Star Wars was exactly the same uh, reaction for me. What a great, great pick. 
you know, we're, we're also we're also blessed to be in this industry and to have the experience of making things. And, and I don't know about you guys, but look, there are definitely days that feel better than other days, right? There are sure. days when you go, oh, this is a this is like a job, and I'm a, yeah, mad about this. And then there's like a moment when you know uh, you got to step me, back and it, realize, oh, holy crap, I'm doing the magic, I'm doing it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that because it was like there was a day when we were um, shooting Pandora and it was like we were shooting nights and everybody was on the back lot and I like came in to this empty soundstage and it's like our spaceship sets over here and some other sets over here, just massive sound. I'm the only one standing there and I had to take a second and just be like, freaking incredible. And it was like... Ashley and I have had some days recently where we're in the studio when we're, you know, we'd be in the writer's room dreaming about who we could cast in these voice roles and like, well, maybe we could cast this person or that person and then we, we actually get them and then they show up at the studio and they say the words that we tell them to and we hear it coming over the speakers and you get chills and you're like, oh, it's happening. And they do things like you you could never have predicted yeah. and so there's still that spontaneity. It's a completely different kind of magic. I never it's imagined like, and then they get and you and storm off the yes. set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say this crap. <laughs> you can type this shit, but you sure can't say it. <laughs> God. That's you, a good you, Monday. That is a really good Monday and a fantastic gateway drug yeah. into into Star Wars. And um, it, it's uh, unexpected, I must say. Unexpected this is. But um, <laughs> what a great what a great choice. And, and really, I think that is such an artifact that was seminal for people of our generation. Yeah. And for our younger audience, our, our millennials and Zs that are listening, you know, you probably may not be familiar with it, but it would strongly suggest... Uh, you mentioned it's yeah. on the Blu-ray, and I'm sure it's on Disney Plus. Um, yeah. uh, that you should check it out because it is as relevant today as it was then, and and it, it is a um, it's of its time, a time machine. Sure, looking back fun. at miniature work and yeah. um, just spectacular motion control work and all that. So, okay, now that brings us to Tuesday. The bar is high. The bar is high, and I'm gonna go even farther out of the box oh, on this no. one. She is not. This isn't even a visual thing. Oh, oh my God! Oh not. man, they are just like pulling. Me. <laughs> I love it. I love. I would have never thought of it. I I, I would have never thought of it until Steve stepped out of the box. Wow! In oh. 1980, on National Public Radio, yes, uh, was something that blew my mind, my 13-year-old mind. It was a radio adaptation in 13 half hours of the original Star Wars. And uh, it starred Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Perry King as Han Solo, Anne Sachs as Princess Leia, and Brock Peters as Darth Vader. Wow. It is With incredible. Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Right. And R2-D2 as R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. And this is actually what launched Mark Hamill's voiceover career. Right. Really? Because he got a taste of doing this, you know, sort of radio acting, and he was very good at it. It is, I I believe it's available on Audible, actually. Oh. You can, you can, and on CD. And on, well, I don't know if the CDs are still available. Mm. Maybe they are. Dad, what's but a CD? You see, <laughs> it's called a certificate of deposit. Oh. <laughs> and at your bank, no. Um <laughs> It's it's great. They did an Empire Strikes Back version uh, uh, t- 
Ten half uh, hours. Ten half hours, which is later. And then they did a Return of the Jedi, which is frankly not as good. Yeah, so but they know, did that yeah. several years later. But you know what's interesting about the Jedi? I just want to interject for a second. Um, Mark Hamill, to his credit, did the first two. Yeah. And he said because it's for NPR, yeah. and he thought it was important uh, for kids to, you know who hadn't seen the movie, or to, he wanted to do it because it was at National Public Radio right. and it was a fundraiser for, and he, he did for all the right reasons. Right. And he chose not to do, and he took like virtually no money or scale right. or whatever. He didn't do Jedi because Jedi was not produced for NPR. Right. It was done. It was for, produced by Hybrid Audio for for profit. Yeah. And he said, you know, I'm not interested. I did it for NPR, not for. So he didn't. That's why he didn't do the third right. one. Um, but and, the great thing is that. George Lucas donated the rights to do Star Wars on the radio to um, KUSC, which is owned by USC, his alma mater. Uh, and because of that, they were able to sort of, you know, generate immense publicity around this thing. Well, and he gave them all the sound effects library. Yeah, he gave access them access to the library, to, the to music, Ben Burtt's and... uh, sound effects, and all the music and everything. And it, the the feeling you get from it is not. Uh, like watching the movie with the projector bulb yeah. turned off. It is so expansive, mm-hmm. and it it fleshes out all these things that have since become non-canon. <laughs> uh, but it's a really wonderful experience, and uh, all the actors on it are great. Um, well, I think isn't the first the 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 opening of the film with the Star Destroyer catching the blockade runner isn't happened until, until episode three or three? I think uh, or maybe episode two, the end of episode. No, it's, three. I think it's episode three because there's all the stuff on Alderaan. Yeah. There's a ton of stuff on right. Tatooine, and not just the big dark lighter stuff that was in the script. Because Brian Daly, who went on and wrote those Han Solo at Star's Ends books, yeah. wrote these, right. and um, he created all this great stuff. Right. And there's a thing with, where Princess the Tantive Leia- Four is before. Yeah, Tanaviv. The yeah. Tanaviv, <laughs> Jessica Van Puttermaker That's is right. before. <laughs> but where the Tanaviv is before, right? I mean, it, yeah. d- Rogue the one end of episode it. two yeah, is when they're captured by the Devastator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, but it's it's so good. Uh, the first the first episode uh, has Luke in uh, on Tatooine and dealing with all his friends, and it's all sort of the fleshed out uh, backstory that really doesn't belong in the movie, but it's great here. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Because he goes, he does a, it's not pod racing, but he does the... The Skyhopper. The Skyhopper, sky yeah, yeah. in uh, Beggar's Canyon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Stone Needle. <laughs> Threads the uh, the Stone Needle. And the voice performances are great. They're 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 awesome. And uh, John Madden, who directed uh, uh, Shakespeare in Love? Yes. Yes. Um, Was directed, the director. Yeah. Directed these, uh, these episodes. Crazy. And they're great. They're absolutely uh, great. Uh, this is a terrific pick. I, I actually didn't hear the Star Wars special until years later. Mm. I, I came to it with the Empire right. adaptation, which I remember tape recording off the oh, air yeah, sure. when yeah, it was yeah. on. Oh, yeah. And I I was always fascinated by radio drama. I had a, mm-hmm. uh, a junior high school uh, English teacher who would play us old radio programs right. in class sometimes. And and we would, yeah, so I really have always, and I used to make my own with my right. friends. We used to have a little recording studio and make things. So I love radio, this, dra- audio this drama. This really kickstarted my interest in doing stuff like this. Yeah. And after I heard these, I started making radio productions in my, in my, you know, closet. I set up yep. a tape recorder and, and microphones and everything. And, um, I really thought I wanted to do sound on yeah. on movies. When I, I did was later. too, <laughs> and I I got very interested in in uh, Ben Bird. I, the, yep. From this, I I contacted him and asked him, you know, uh, what his uh, what his advice was and and things like that. And it just it just sort of made me at least think about you know creative stuff 
to do that I was interested in. But and, uh, and I have a crazy personal connection to this show too, so I didn't realize that when your storage I storage locker, my storage locker, yes, <laughs> right. storage, storage which appears storage uh, now appearing in the uh, series Dead to Me. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, when I was in college at USC, I took a playwriting class uh, through the drama school, and almost it was almost till the end of the class semester when I realized that my professor was Dr. Richard Toskin, oh, who, produced who produced them these radio shows. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's really interesting. I, it's funny. I had a similar experience to you, Steve, because I used to, on Mondays, they used to air, um, like, old radio dramas on the on the radio. So, like, I would always listen with my dad. It was, uh, like, to The Shadow and Lone Ranger, you yes. know? And it was obviously many years since radio was a big thing. But we used to love it. We used to love listening to them. And uh, then when they announced Star Wars, I was so excited. I think yeah. Starlog, they you know mentioned it, and I was like, so I did the same thing. I would, I think it was Mondays, and they would tape them on cassette. And remember loving them. Didn't, didn't listen to them for twenty years or whatever. Yeah. And then maybe about a year ago, we were going on a long car trip somewhere, like Legoland oh. or whatever. And I said, uh, I, I got the CDs, oh. and I said, and we listened to them. And we were all riveted. We didn't want to get out of the car yeah. when we got where we yeah. were going because they were so good. Yeah. And it's just, and, it's, and everybody was just fascinated by all the new material yeah. that wasn't in the movies and, uh, you know, all the performances. I mean, you know, it's so funny because Ann Sachs sounds a little tipsy when she's doing it. like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, Perry King definitely has a different approach. Yeah, but not uh, a bad a, Not a bad one. No, not at all. How's and, your Perry King, Darren? Bring him back alive. You know my my Perry King is kind of is kind of awful, but uh, you know at least he's uh, he, you know he's he's rough and tumble, well, he and he he kind of does the same kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, it's so funny. Like when uh, when I was growing up, on sometimes on Sunday nights, my dad would get out his tape recorder, and we would eat in the kitchen, and he would put on a tape of a Lone Ranger or right. a Shadow or something like that, and we, that was like a treat on Sunday nights, and get to listen to an old radio. I, I mean, show. I loved it. I mean, yeah. it was so. Uh, you know, just, just you know, there's something magical about radio, yeah, where yeah. you're just hearing it, and you're conjuring up all these images in your mind. I mean, I think it, it's such a shame that it's kind of lost. Although now, with the emergence of podcasts yeah. and and audio coming back in in such a big way, you know, and and these sort of scripted podcasts, yeah, obviously we're not a scripted <laughs> podcast. So, yeah. uh, it's it's kind of coming back yeah. a little well, you bit. Know, it, it's my friend Kyle Newman, you know, the director who directed uh, Fanboys. Yeah, Fanboys. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote uh, also for uh, Clone Wars. No, he didn't write on Clone Wars. Didn't he write for the last season? I think he did. No, I don't no? think okay. so. But he's an awesome dude, and uh, he wrote or co-wrote and produced some new Star Wars radio plays a few years oh, back. Oh, really? With, he got some of the voice cast actors from Clone Wars and <laughs> and uh, did these full productions of these original Star Wars uh, things. I think they're like 45 minutes long or something. Oh, I haven't heard them so myself, cool. but wow. I've, it's, it's really neat. He, he should well, be on our sister week, podcast. Next week, we're going to start doing them. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little jealous because I'll admit I never heard it, but wow. I'm excited because now I have something to go out and hunt yes. and listen to. So, they, thank you You're for making that pick. Yeah. I'm very excited. Star Wars is great, and Empire is great. Mm-hmm. Jedi, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, it's John a... Lithgow does Yoda. John Lithgow does yeah, Yoda yeah, yeah, yeah. in That's Empire right. Strikes Back. <laughs> That's right. And, um, uh, and Billy D. Williams is Billy Lando. D. Williams is, is in them. Um, but uh, uh, Ed Asner plays Jabba in oh, yes. Return <laughs> of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. 
And I don't know why. Because <laughs> he's speaking Huttese, and the poor guy doesn't have any idea what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, the only yeah. thing that could, could be better I than hate that spunk. would be walking as, as Yoda. Oh, that would yeah. be funny. Would Maybe be, someday we'll hear that. Yeah. yeah. Just putting a message out there in the universe. <laughs> yeah. But no, that, that, again, a spectacular uh, pick because those radio dramas are a, a very special part of the legacy of Star Wars, I think. And, and, just the fact that you know Ashley hasn't heard them is there's is, is a whole. I'm general... so excited to hear what your yeah. reaction is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Me too. I will definitely report back. Your kids, are, your your yeah, oldest, will probably enjoy it. it. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, and and they're short. They're like you know, they're half hour. They're half hour. Yeah. yeah, and that and that's with the opening credits and the closing credits, which yeah. are pretty long, right. yes. and they repeat every week. So. Um, uh, you know, Somewhere I have a recording of me doing all of the first episode wow. by oh myself. My God. <laughs> I was a lonely kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is Tuesday. So Monday, making Star Wars. Tuesday, the Star Wars radio dramas. And then that brings us to you, Ashley, for Wednesday. Well, uh, how's the bar now? <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> I will admit, my mind is a little blown. I think... You know, we have we have completely upended my expectations for how this week was going to go. And I really thought like, oh, OK, I'm going to be the outlier here because um, obviously there's um there is a spectrum of opinion on Star Wars and the things that we like and don't like so in Star Wars at this table. Hmm? So you're on the spectrum. <laughs> I'm on the spectrum a little bit. Uh, you know, it's like we have we have. um love for for different elements of it things that we like better than than other things and you know i had it in my head that you know i was going to do a, a movie pick that hopefully would not start a fight but i was going to just <laughs> i'm going to do it but with this is it feels like we're going to this very like hey do you remember this do you remember that but it's something that's kind of meaningful that is a bit forgotten although as i recall conversations with you steve i think it's it might be a little bit controversial but so it's a, a collection of kenner star wars tv commercials yes yes it is <laughs> yes it's my favorite 30 second spot here's luke skywalker now he lost his hand you know and i've twisted it right off i found all the original music cues from all those commercials oh yeah all of them so I, I just, too I just listened to them. I, too much time. Weirdly enough, I, my uh, Luke Skywalker action figure from The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Like, I don't think Is that the one I in the Bespin Fatigues? Huh? Is that the one in the Bespin Fatigues? Yeah, with like with the, 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 it's all khaki and right, stuff. Yeah. And uh, he, like, I, he was, I took off his hand. Oh, no. Nice. Yeah. And it you wasn't like, I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's got to be. It's got, it can't be on. Yeah. It can't, what, what's he going to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my God. Come on. Um, it's like I was that hardcore. I can perfect this action figure by destroying its value. <laughs> Good job, Ash. Um, no, uh, I. You know what? Hell with it. Just say it. I'm going to pick the 2003 Tartakovsky Star oh. Wars animated 2D, um, which. At the time, just to sort of set our, our way back machine, and, and I want to emphasize the positive on this one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, lifelong Star Wars fan, and looking for something to really love uh, about Star Wars, and, and something that felt new to me, and that, that felt vital and alive. And uh, and I remember 
when uh, when the Tartakovsky uh, Clone War segments began airing. Now they were very short at first. They were like two or three minutes. Two or three minutes, um, and they were essentially they were little episodes, little action beats, right. um, incredibly well realized little sequences. Look, Tartakovsky is a is a genius. He did Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got just a great sense of action and and movement. And not to be confused with Tarkovsky. Right. <laughs> But you know, as as I've Ooh, gotten, Star Wars would be ama- amazing, one hundred percent amazing. <laughs> um, but as I've gotten into uh, into animation in the last year and really begun to understand, you know, that process and and the process of invention in that space and the things that are possible and and what you can do. Um, I mean, just what what he was able to achieve in those short segments, mm-hmm. the amount of storytelling that he was able to compress and still make it feel like we were following actual characters through a story, um, that it really had a through line, that there was drama, there was suspense. And it seems silly now in the age of Quibi when suddenly everybody's going like, oh, I think, what if you could watch things on your telephone? Well, I, I remember watching like on my, on my iPod. Saying that? Yeah, I don't know if I'm saying I that. I know Katzenberg's like, saying it. I know, Katzenberg wants us it. to say that. But, <laughs> but I feel like it was something I could, I could carry in my pocket. I could watch those episodes. I could just, I could experience it there. And it wasn't like, any other part of the of the franchise, mm-hmm. and it also made me kind of like Anakin Skywalker, right? And uh, it made me kind of like, uh, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi outside the context of the original three films. Mm-hmm. Um, that it had to me um, a, a feeling that recalled the sort of the sensor the, the sensor the sense of adventure mm-hmm. uh, that I always remember from the original films. Um, and uh, which which I just I loved, you know, and obviously it, it won an Emmy uh, and, you know, clearly like I, and I don't know, Steve, you have to tell me like how much of the of the 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 3D, how much of the CG Clone Wars kind of came about or it got greenlit based on how that did or what the history of that is. I don't know. I mean, you're the you're the guy who would. I, I mean, I honestly don't know the, the complete answer to that. Um, that was an area that. I think George was interested in exploring. He George wasn't particularly involved in those. I think he had a meeting or two or a lunch or two with with Gendy and uh, and enjoyed what he did. And that might have inspired George to like, maybe I can do a whole uh, do a whole series on this. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, a year or two later, um, you know he he started production on the Clone Wars series, the, the half hour series. I just remember when these came on, I was super excited to watch them, but also super depressed that I've been working in animation all these years right, and there's right. a Star Wars cartoon on TV and I'm not working on it. <laughs> By the way, I will, I will add that I think that what you did, what you guys did with Clone Wars and on is awesome. Um, it, this to me, it feels like a forgotten corner of the, of the universe. It's really fun, and I, I think you know some of the stuff that that Gendy was doing in in the show was was really fantastical and like kind of beyond the realm of what we would consider sort of canon in, right. in the Star Wars universe. But we always kind of looked at it like these are like tall tales right. that people would tell around in a cantina. You remember that time when Mace Windu took on the entire droid army by himself and all this and like, you know, of course that probably didn't, 
you know, quote unquote, really, really happened. But, you know, it's a great tale, like a Paul Bunyan-esque tale of, of heroism or like a, a Greek or Viking myth, you know, of of these these gods that walk among us that can that accomplish these great feats. But he also did some really great little character things. Mm-hmm. One thing that I always remember is there was a, a scene that takes place on a planet where it's like raining really hard and Obi-Wan, they're all like miserable and cold and covered up in their cloaks and this little droplet of water keeps dripping on Obi-Wan and then he moves over and another hole opens up and it drips on him and he just kind of underscore that sort of miserable, mm-hmm. you know, World War One in the trenches feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always thought that was a great little character beats that he did. And that's the thing that's just so brilliant about him because he was he can take those very tiny moments in animation and have them do a whole lot of work, just yeah. do so much work. Yeah, it's if you haven't seen it, I don't know how readily available this series is. I think it came out on DVD. Um, and maybe it maybe it'll be on Disney Plus. I don't know, but it was I, I don't know. But if you can find it, it's easy to consume. It's worth watching. Yeah, yeah. it's like maybe an hour total. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, you can easily watch it in in a sitting. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, so now that brings are. us to Thursday. Boy, the bar is uh-huh. the tide is high. And, <laughs> Going um, home. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the uh, man. I I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm at a loss. I you know I was I was I I I, I you know I was thinking. Shockingly, I have a couple of thoughts. Breakfast um, at Tiffany's. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking, you know, because obviously uh, I think, you know, it wouldn't be wrong for me to say that probably most of the people at this on this podcast, our favorite movie, favorite Star Wars movie, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. No. Uh, is Empire Strikes Back. No. Most of us, our favorite movie is Star- Empire Strikes Back. Podcasters. Uh, Half of us. But, but um, not our favorite movie, our favorite Star Wars movie. So, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so 50 you know, I, w- I, I was thinking... <laughs> You know, in the spirit of what we're discussing, of picking um, the trailer for The Empire Strikes Back, uh, which was famously oh voiced by Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. All your heroes are back. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you've ever heard it, it's like it's Landau Calrissian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know it, it's an epic of rebellion. <laughs> man. I mean, it, you know, the biggest movie of all time, and they crap out this trailer. Yeah. It's like, hey, who could do the narration? Yeah. Is Dalaf Harry? Get around? over here! Like, oh, Harrison, come into the booth and record this for us. I mean, it's like you know, do it like take. a used car dealer. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I always found it so unfathomable that uh, it was so weird to me that um, the this um, <laughs> Harrison Ford. But, and, and, but it's so perfect because yeah. that's exactly the spirit of the movies. It's I don't exactly know about the that. spirit of the movie. Some stone guy doing used car narration. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I don't know about that. But okay. So, so I'm not picking because he wouldn't fill our 90 minute time slot. But here there, the there was something. Rescue the princess, but that wasn't the end of the story. <laughs> in uh, in, in, uh, in uh, summer of 1979, Star mm-hmm. Wars was re released mm-hmm. with the trailer for Empire Strikes Back. And An it was a true trailer, trailer yes, that yeah, trailed yeah. the end credits yes. of the movie. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. mean like a post credit scene where they yes. join the Avengers? Exactly. <laughs> cool. That's going to happen. And I remember I went and saw Star Wars two or three times that summer mm-hmm. so I could see that trailer. Right. And like try to absorb every sec- microsecond of it as it was well, playing, I mean, and it was mostly paintings by Ralph McQuarrie yeah. that were chopped up and sort of I animated. Mean, let's face it, we're such geniuses that we went to go see the re-release where it put Episode Four, New Hope, and that was the only change. <laughs> right. And we're like, we, we oh, gotta God. see it. The new crawl is out. Gotta go. <laughs> Ooh, now it's Episode Four, <laughs> and well, it has a terrible title. 
<laughs> Star Wars is, is now called Episode Four: A New Hope. Now it's Indiana called Indiana Jones. Called that and thing that gets you kicked out of the Starship SmackDown audience. That's right. I mean, at least at least with Raiders of the Lost Ark, they only changed on the packaging. They didn't yeah. change the, the the movie. The title card. I mean, yeah. if they changed the movie too. So okay, so that's not my pick. Um, <laughs> anyway, but I, I, I um, you know, I, I I think my original pick before I heard all these brilliant suggestions um, was going to be Rogue One because I think Rogue mm-hmm. One was the first new era movie that really honored the spirit of what we loved about Star Wars. It's so brilliant. And, it, it you know, obviously it was preceded by all these stories of trouble production, and sure. it was a trouble production, but none of that matters because the movie is wildly entertaining and it does everything right, you know, and it's just so great. And it's, 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 it, it's it, all these years later, it's a great Star Wars movie without any caveats. But, but that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not my pick. I'll tell you what my pick is. I'll tell you what my pick is. We all know what a great year 1982 was for science fiction, for geekdom. I mean, whether it be Blade Runner or Star Trek II or Conan or Megaforce. Okay, maybe not Megaforce. But, uh, I mean, just the great poltergeist, greatest year for sci-fi. But when people talk about Blade Runner and Star Trek II and uh, all this stuff, they neglect to mention perhaps the most unique, most spectacular film of 1982. And, of course, that is Turkish Star Wars. Now, um, uh, Did tur- not see this coming. <laughs> Turkish Star Wars. It's you know, a Turkish delight. Basically, see, I was going to say that, but I'm glad you said it first. <laughs> <laughs> Turkish Star Wars is, 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 you know, basically before copyright laws were <laughs> enforced, um, was a movie that was released in theaters in Turkey in 1982, in which they literally utilized footage from Star Wars, the plot of Star Wars, with Turkish actors in a movie that cost about. A dollar ninety nine. I think they're probably Star Wars fan films. But it's okay because the footage from Star Wars was upside down. Right. <laughs> yeah. They would do it so these it, days and not under copyright. And what I <laughs> yeah. love is rather than violate copyright laws by, by using the classic Star Wars theme for Turkish Star Wars, they use the Raiders of the Lost Ark theme <laughs> to really confuse you. <laughs> and they'll uh, never catch us on this one. Now, now you have to forgive me because my Turkish is not that great. <laughs> but I, I believe the uh, the correct title is Din Dinyan Kurderan Adam, and the okay. man who saved the world. Man who saved the world. Sure. And sure. of course, but it's better known as Turkish Star Wars. And uh, that is and your pick for Thursday. That is my pick for Thursday, and, and we're we looking forward it? this uh, this year to the rise of Dimion. And, and I think, <laughs> and I, <laughs> only in Turkish. And I, I, I think what's going to happen is <laughs> after we air this in the fourth three movie, Lucasfilm will will close us down. Yeah. Um. But uh, look, if if we're high you know view enough to be shut down that's all good news that's right (laughs) (laughs) you know i remember i think the first time i saw turkish star wars was it might have been at chris gore's house me too um he he had discovered or it had come into your house but he brought it or maybe he brought it to my house but um i remember he put this thing on and we just sat there with our jaws hanging open watching this thing it's bananas it is bananas. But it's kind of worth watching because it's so insane. This shit is bananas. <laughs> is it as good as Indian Spider-Man? Oh, my God, yeah. There's Turkish, there's Turkish versions of yeah. all kinds of there's things. There's a Turkish Wizard of Oz, which yeah. is unfreaking believable, and a Turkish Star Trek. It's Turkish week. Oh, Turkish yeah. Star Trek. Oh, Turkish yeah. Star Trek, yeah. yeah. Wow. But Turkish Star Wars is 
heads and tails above. It's, well, it's set the, apart. the Turkish Star Trek is actually closer to Star Trek than J.J.'s movie is, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, uh, my what? God. What? Whoa, we went there. Yeah. No, you went there. <laughs> you went. I'm speaking of myself. I'm the royal me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can watch. Can you watch it on uh, YouTube? Can you? Where can you see? Probably. So can you watch it anywhere? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, look. It's not movie. only a ripoff of the plot of Star Wars, you know, you know, which Marginally. it's not like Shakespeare where it's reinterpreting. It's but the fact that they use footage and music and uh, I, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's it's insane. It's for, a fan film. <laughs> it's a fan film, but it came out in theaters and I apparently did made made a bunch of money. Alec Peters, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't even. It's I, magic. I, it's magic. It's magical. And you know, I think you know what we're doing with this deep dive we're doing into Star Wars because uh, the reality is people have seen the movies. Right. Hopefully, yeah. You know. um, uh, but th- these are all little pockets of the Star Wars universe that and, are unique. And after the new movie comes out, no one's ever going to talk about Star Wars again. Oh, Lord. So, what? so we're done. What? Uh, what? <laughs> what happened to you on the way to the the, the podcast? A lot today? of things. You're so a negative, trip, man. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> negative. Long, too many evacuations oh, in the negative. last I'm, week. I'm positive. Oh. <laughs> See, the problem, unfortunately, is Darren knows things. That's a quote from the radio show. It's like, we notice things. Oh, my God. We were quoting. There are some very quotable things in the radio show. Because after we, we would we would, um, we, we, we would quote the radio show for weeks after we listened to it. Oh, That's I why I joined things. the Rebels. I noticed things. I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So uh, there's some great dialogue in, uh, in, in the tradition of Star Wars. There's some very memorable bad dialogue in the radio show. Um but uh, really, what have you heard about? Uh, it sounds like you know something. I've heard nothing. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Well, you know, because this week we're celebrating the release this, of Rise of Skywalker. We're celebrating. Yes. What's happening Friday? Well, that's the question. Is that's the real trick, isn't it? Uh, Friday. You've heard, you know, our picks. Uh, I would put out there. I think it should be Star Wars. I agree. Yeah. Not only should it be Star Wars, if you can find it anywhere. The, the original. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you can find them. Yeah. The original theatrical release. Oh, version. yes. Yes, 100%. And, and much to um, what was wonderful is they did a tribute to Marshall Lucas recently uh-huh. at the uh, Academy. And the supposedly version of the movie that had disappeared <laughs> never to exist again of the original. I, I was uh, lucky to be there. They showed the most pristine 70 millimeter version of Star Wars I'd ever seen. It was from 1983 and it looked beautiful. Mm. And it so was jealous. it there was a tear in the last reel right when the Death Star explodes. Mm. And you could see that damage in the film, but the but because it was a damaged film, they never used it again. So it was otherwise it was pristine. Perfect. Oh. Amazing. So what you're saying is someone could take this 70 millimeter you know, print and do a if, transfer. Scan it. If one were so inclined, <laughs> one could do such a thing. And just clean up that tear digitally. Yes. And, and release simple. an immaculate uh, uh, 4K uh, edition you know, of the film. The the 4K edition that is in the in the underworld out there is really good. Mm. Yeah, the closest I've got that is, you know, I can say that I've got is uh, on one of the releases of the not so special editions 
um, mm-hmm. a few years ago on DVD. No, I'm sorry, on Blu-ray, they had like just a DVD print of um, of the original theatrical cut of Star Wars. Oh, right. No, it's not even DVD. Yeah. It's Laserdisc. Yeah. That was yeah. the Laserdisc. Oh, really? Was yeah, it just was from Laser? Laser? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And it, yes, it looks terrible. It, it does look terrible. It's like, but it's all like, <laughs> No, it, it's almost as though it's like, oh, you think this is so great? We're going to give you the crappiest yeah. version so you, you know, you get over it. And, of course... As we all know, I mean, look, the, the, the problems with the special editions is, you know, you understand why they're released to sort of, you know, they did very well, particularly Star Wars when it was re-released mm-hmm. with the new footage. Look, it was fun to see the new footage. I mean, we were all there. We went, oh, yeah. we went into a test screening and uh, of, of it. And, um, uh, you know, but the, the funny thing is, it's the same thing that happened with the uh, Star Trek special edition when they did new effects. They said, okay, we're going to do new effects to update it to make it feel current. But then... Change story. The same thing that happens to everything. Time goes on and dates it. So, in the same way that this the, the new effects for Star Trek look worse than the original effects, the new effects for oh, Star you mean Wars. The TV, you mean the series. Series. The TV He's not series. Talking about yeah. you, Darren. I yeah, thought yeah, he was talking. No, no, I thought no, you were no, talking no, about the movie. They did okay. the remastered. Yeah. We don't see, do fist fights in the fourth movie just because there's MTV. a. Oh no! I'm sorry. I'm talking about the remastered yes. TV Star yes. Trek episodes yes. that CBS Digital did. And, and and no, I, I wouldn't be talking about you in the third person when they you did. Might. So, you so, might, so uh, and you it's might, Rabbit. You might. <laughs> it's the same thing with uh, with uh, with Star Wars. The special effects that they did for um, they look terrible yeah. for the special edition. But not only that, it, it was a compromise of the storytelling, the editing, and the none of them editing. were in service of the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was just R and D for the prequels. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that Jabba scene, which was yeah. never meant to be. Terrible. And then, and I just resented the hypocrisy and the lies. It's like, oh, we had always planned to change it to a a, a, a special effects Jabba. It was never going to be this yeah. Irish. It was so obvious. Yeah. Why is he in costume? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, Han, Han, my boy. It's like, which is in the the first time we ever saw that was in the making of Star Wars. I remember seeing that. Was, there are times you disappoint me. Why haven't you paid me? And why do you have to fry poor Greedo like that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like the Trump administration. They start saying, and then they say, oh, no, that was never going to be in the movie. It his was always going to be a CG. His name uh, was Declan Mulholland, by the way. Yes. That's such a great name, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Declan Mulholland. Yeah. He's got a private eye. Yeah. He does. Declan his last Mul- name is a street in L.A.? Yeah. See, his first name is improbable? <laughs> that is what Disney Kester Plus should do. Declan right. Mulholland. Yeah. Private Eye. <laughs> Star Wars Private Just Eye. Just make that show. <laughs> See, that would have been cool at Galaxy's Edge. Devlin Mahan's on the case. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's my a deep goodness. Cut. But uh, I love the fact that you're saying you're Star Wars original. You know, there's a reason that fans and you know loathe the special editions. It's not just because of it's it's changing what we love. I mean, there have been plenty of examples of uh, special editions or director's editions that mm-hmm. improve on the original. But in this case, it just... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And rarely do those those other special editions or director's cuts or editor's cuts or producer's whatever um, at the same time sort of take the original off the table. Right. Right. It's 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 God bless them for making the cash grab because now, you know, there are a couple of different versions sure. of things to see. And in this case, it was just here. Here's what you get. And that's, this is it. Yeah. And that's what I love about the Blade Runner special edition. You know, it's like you can have the theatrical version. You can have. Uh, you know the, the, the work the, print. The, the work print. The you can have the second ver- version. They did the final cut, cut. The final and cut. you know yeah. it's up to you which you one you want to watch. Have the kitty matinee version, you know, especially <laughs> for a movie like Star Wars that was nominated for an Oscar, which is significant in film history. Yeah. To not 
preserve or, or to respect that original version, mm-hmm. you know, is 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 really egregious. And I think that's why so many of us get so irate about yeah. the whole thing. And then, you know, the whole press release that went out about, oh, there's not a version. It was destroyed to make yeah. the new version. No, it's no, like, it that's not even how film works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't like cut the, start cutting up the original negative. It's like you make a dupe now. It's just like, uh, I mean, it's it's so absurd. Mistakes you know, made. it's like we can't do it. And then, you know, every couple of years there are rumors. It's like, oh, but it's so interesting that f- this, this version was there. But, yeah, again, how could you do a tribute to Marsha Lucas and show the new version when basically she had nothing to do with the, the recut? And it's so, you know, the, the, the work that her and Paul Hirsch did is so yeah. brilliant. Uh, it's so brilliantly cut. Um that uh, you know, to then I don't know. I just oh, this better. We, we're we're opening this whole Pandora's box of um, there you go, plug in your show again. Oh, stop. You know, you know, and I I remember you know it's funny. I, I'd heard the rumors about the special editions long before they ever happened, mm-hmm. and I was uh, interviewing Irvin Kirshner uh, for of all things Sequest. He'd done the mm-hmm. Sequest pilot. I said, what what, what is this? Um, you know, I hear these rumors of them, re- re- you know, recutting and adding new effects to to the movies. And what do you what do you think about it? I haven't heard that they're recutting anything, but I think that they may be adding some special effects. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Um, can you do Richard Marquand now? No. Uh, no. No. Uh, but um, or he was really offended by the whole notion plan. of it. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, you know, of the movie, uh, you know, being They changed. haven't called me. Yeah, that was, I think, pretty much <laughs> what he, And, you know, look, again, it's, it's George Lucas's creation. He's the genius behind Star Wars, uh, at, at you know. And, and so, you know, I, you know, cut him a lot of latitude. I, I wish that he had more respect for the brilliance of his creation and, and uh, you know, this whole dismissiveness of the original cut that we were under time, we didn't have enough budget. Well, that's most movies, you know. The the thing that I find most sad about the whole thing is that George never liked Star Wars the way it came out. Yeah, he he was always he was always very uh, sensitive about its faults, and he didn't realize that we don't care about it. I remember as a kid, we love seeing, it. Uh, seeing an it interview is. where he talked yeah. about how it was only something like thirty percent of what he yeah. hoped it would be, yeah. and yeah. I was that boggled my mind. Yeah. Like, how, it, but it's what amazing. What do you mean it's only a fraction of what you thought it could I be? I wish he could see the movie that we saw. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, you know, when you make something, it's hard to see it through the other people's yeah, eyes. Yeah, it is. It um, is. But, you know, at the same time, also, he had so many people that were jealous of him who were dismissing it and diminishing it that I, I think some of that stuck. I think you know, so, too. I think all those people who were, like, telling him, oh, it was crap and it was Francis? Kids, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know. those guys, to, to wrap it back to the original discussion, those guys made really great films no question and uh, uh, arguably i don't even know that that star wars is lucas's best film as a director but he's the guy who with star wars completely redefined our idea of what going to the movies Mm -hmm. means period forever for all time he was the guy who did it with that movie because somehow he tapped into something elemental that the audience didn't even know that we wanted until suddenly we got it and he just delivered it and kept delivering it. But you know, people knock him as a director, but you look at the way Star Wars is directed. Star Wars is so... I mean, to, you, you look at what sci-fi movies. No, I'm saying you. I'm saying oh, people. Yeah. And 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 what <laughs> well, you're not a people. person. But uh, <laughs> but the thing is uh, that um, 
you know, if you look at the way science fiction movies were traditionally directed up until that point, I mean, the fact that he brought this documentary style and a different approach and the use of wipes, you know, as cheesy as they could be, it was so imaginative and so, you know, it did not feel like anything that had preceded it. And that's why, I mean, I think as kids, we couldn't quite put our fingers on it, but we were all watching it stuff felt like- outside its time. You know, we, yeah. we were watching War of the Worlds and This Island Earth and Day the Earth Stood Still and all this stuff. And Logan's Run, mm -hmm. it, it, it felt completely. So when you say a galaxy far, far away, you know, a long time ago, it felt that because there was right. something inherently different about everything. It was young and hip actors. It was, it was something that was completely new that looked old. Yeah, he he right. created a very specific grammar mm -hmm. for for this. And films. I think it was really smart to to hire young and hip actors because all those movies we grew up on, it was like. Uh, you know these oldie fogey scientists. You know, <laughs> you know, and and they, they never they, they there was something about them. You know, Leslie Nielsen right. from Forbidden Planet. Right. There was nothing that felt hip and cool. But it did have the grounding of the older actors of with uh, Alec Guinness, Alec yeah. Guinness, Peter and, and Peter Cushing. But people wouldn't be caught dead doing sci-fi because right. sci-fi tradition is like, oh, Peter Ustinov is the old man. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, fine, you got the third guy from Spartacus. But you know, it's like <laughs> you know, he was so smart to get like James Earl Jones to do voice, but uh, Alec Guinness. I mean, what, what, what brilliant Peter Cushing. I mean, yeah. it was just so smart. He was so smart about the way he approached making that movie. Yeah. And it's just, and, and then taking all the tropes of the genre, but, you know, doing them in a really different and imaginative and fresh way. I think that's why we're here today. It is. Yeah, it's it is. why we're discussing Star Wars, why Star Wars endures, and why we're so desperate for, you know, to feel that again with a Star Wars movie. You know, and why, you know... Whether or not that's actually possible for us. Well, I hope it's it possible for a new generation. I hope yeah. so. I, I hope... I, I know it is. That, that, that Star Wars can spark, you know, that light that imagination, the future filmmakers, the future Star Wars fans. Because one of the things that they've said is that, you know, Star Wars, the reason it's so successful is because the people who grew up on it are obsessed with it still, right. but it's not minting a lot it of new fans. generations. Although right? I think yeah. Steve, actually, and Dave Filoni and Henry Gilroy and all these guys, and George Lucas have done a really great job because the we haven't talked about Clone Wars, mm -hmm. getting back to Clone Wars. Um, what a really spectacular achievement that was. Mm -hmm. You know, look, we could have a whole other conversation about the prequels. A lot of us on this panel loathe the sequels, but The Clone Wars is a remarkable achievement. It's yeah. such great drama. It, it's so well told. The animation is wonderful. Um, and, you know, to do this this deep dive into this, you know, between the two movies. I mean, look at how the Marvel comics did between Empire and Jedi. <laughs> we had hoojibs. Right. But The Clone Wars was this dense mythology that really actually enhances the viewing well, experience. It, it, of the... Uh, they were, we were all very conscious of, and on Rebels too, trying to expand the notion of what Star Wars is rather than just kind of retell the same stories with different characters. Yeah, and you introduced all this mythology. Like you like, can get the holocron at the uh, <laughs> <laughs> like standing, you know, what you know, the Mandalorian, what the Mandalorian society is like, or the but concept. Could you have of... predicted Werner Herzog? <laughs> Never. How cool is it? Now, I can't. Wait. When we I have to full disclosure, we're recording this before we've seen the Mandalorian. Um, how yeah. cool is it that that now that trailer was freaking great amazing yeah. that season two trailer from Mandalorian Werner Herzog oh my god I got a question how do you direct Werner Herzog I can actually have that question how do you direct <laughs> Werner Herzog you direct him carefully okay because he respects someone who will direct him who'll be strong okay. he's a yeah. strong personality he probably yeah. wants somebody to be strong yeah that's right um <laughs> but I, I think the future of Star Wars on TV is very bright I mean I'm yeah. very excited about all these Star Wars projects that have been announced yep. You know, the feature film is in turmoil. It'll be interesting to see what happens. 
Um, you know, now it just as we're recording this, Benioff and Weiss who just. Uh, I, I think the films need a rest. I think they've given us too many films, and I've I've liked a lot of them, but giving us a new film every year it kind of takes away some of the specialness and right. the event uh, aspect of it. So I think they're smart to to give Star Wars a rest theatrically but, for a few years. But then you get something like Rogue One, which is so great. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm not arguing. You know, I'm just saying, yeah. like, you know, maybe instead of doing a film every year, you do one every other year or something just to make it feel more special. I mean, I like yeah, Last I Jedi. I'm, I'm in the group that likes Last yeah. Jedi quite yeah. a bit. So, um, uh, um, you know, I, I like I want them. I want more Star Wars films. Yeah. I never. I don't want to be this guy who says, I want less Star Wars. I want more good Star Wars films. Right. Well, you know, television will fill will scratch that itch for a while with all these these potentially awesome shows coming down the yeah, pike. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, well this new was... things to celebrate and new things to complain about. It'll be good. And I'm going to pitch the Metaclorian. I don't care what anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Master Yoda has a. Hello, Kathleen M Kennedy. That, that high. <laughs> I got as, as many clones. You know, highly motile. They're... It'll be like Young Indiana Jones, where every episode had a lesson. Metaclorians <laughs> will learn about the the the, the life of. The, the, the subatomic like particles. A Finding Nemo with midi-chlorians would yeah. be amazing. <laughs> it's like Nemo. the journey through inner space. Yes. Great. Continue back to Disney. I love the go. way we're bookending uh, the podcast. Yeah. We keep coming back to what we <laughs> teed up at the beginning. That seemed completely, you know, off, you know, had nothing to do with what we're talking about. But clearly it was all, very well thought all out. All planned. You, know, all planned. you show people just the galaxy's like, edge and Just like one. the nine episode, uh, uh, um, uh, the, the, Star Wars saga was planned out. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you mean twelve? Yes. Oh, yeah. Twelve. Yeah. Well, it was twelve, and it was nine, and it was six, and it was nine. It was like, oh, that's what you know. All they need to do three. is make one more movie, and they have twelve Star Wars movies. That's true. Why? If you, you count Turkish Star Wars, <laughs> what? <laughs> what Side quote. Well, they have nine Star Wars movies. What, what are you counting? Spaceballs? No, I'm counting no. Solo. Solo and, and Rogue, Rogue One. One. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, never mind. I, you know, I miss the anthology films. I'm going to miss the anthology yeah. films. Yeah. I thought that was a great... I got a feeling that we may be seeing more anthology films. I don't know. It seems go. that they've turned that over to Disney+. Plus. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't. I would like to see more anthology films. I mean, you know, they were hit or miss, but that's okay, because to me, they were like an one incubator. One hit, one missed. My, I mean, one, <laughs> my pick before I got, you know, the, the bug to do something that was a deeper cut was going to be Solo, just because... You know, I, I enjoyed Solo. I, I like Solo. Yeah. Not every exactly. Star Wars movie has to be the greatest movie of all time. Oh, that's right. We can just enjoy them sometimes. And and it was the first time I ever Apparently liked Darth not. Maul. We're not allowed. No offense. <laughs> We're not allowed to enjoy things that aren't perfect. No. Right. Yeah, that's right. And well, look, the problem with Solo is is the cinematography is is much too dark. Right. It doesn't look like a Star Wars movie. It's not you know particularly well directed. But you know, Kasdan and his son did a nice job with the script. There's some good performances. Woody Harrelson's fun. There's some great yeah. sequences in it. Han shot first. <laughs> you know, I mean, and and I think that the you know, the performance is good. And yeah. and and Lando's great. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not whatever you know. Lando Calrissian. People Lando. don't understand. You know, when Jedi was ended. It was over. It was done. It was, it was done. done. That was it. Right, there was they a song. Know. They don't get it. There was yeah, there was a song. It wasn't a song. It this was, makes uh, me wish I'd picked celebrate the oral the loves. Uh, <laughs> the oral, the oral yes. knots. Uh, you know, a no music version of the very end of Star Wars, yes. which oh, is God. quite fantastic. But yes. sorry, if you haven't seen it, we'll try to remember to link it to you. But the oral knots on YouTube and do yes. some really funny Star Wars videos. Yeah. Oh, you know what my favorite Star Wars song is? Uh, why does Dad get so mad about Star Wars? <laughs> well, I don't that. know this oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, All right. uh, 
and and you know truer words have never been spoken it's about you know basically the problem between his son and his father right. his son who likes the prequels and his dad you know maybe he strikes very close to home who hates the prequels so right. but it's it's um but it's very sympathetic to both sides well, dad gets so gets the dad so angry that he's he going to cut off his kid's hand yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no! You still want that $200 lightsaber from Galaxy's Edge? I'm your father. Here. How do you so, want that 200 um... lightsaber now? <laughs> well, this has been a fascinating Star Wars week. I couldn't have foreseen, even with the powers of the Force, uh, what would transpire here at the 430 movie this week. It's always a surprise. It's always a surprise, even indeed. And we knew this would be a, a, a you know... A, um, uh, you know, a spectacular double episode, um, <laughs> free for all. Uh, and <laughs> I don't we know what couldn't to... stop talking about it. Look, we could go another th- th- three hours. Yeah, I mean, you know, talking about we didn't even talk about the prequels. We didn't talk about Empire. Yep. We, you know, we didn't. You know, we didn't talk about the Force Awakens and the, the new era. Yeah. Um, you didn't talk about the Empire is one of the greatest love stories ever. <laughs> well, you know, we if you're interested in seeing what we think about the Empire Strikes Back. Go back and watch or listen to Love Story Story Week. Week. I know that you're probably wondering what, but uh, (laughs) we talk about The Empire Strikes Back (laughs) at length during that episode after Ashley uh, uh, picked uh, Empire Strikes Back for Love Story Week. So um, originally, and then it became then time travel week saved it. Right. (laughs) Wow, I can't even follow all this. This is crazy. We have continuity now. So Steve Melching, Monday. Monday is the making of Star Wars TV special. Tuesday, Darren. The National Public Radio Star Wars Radio Series. Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Gendy Tartakovsky's 2003 Star Wars Clone Wars television series. Thursday, it's Turkish Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) And Friday, no bloody four, no bloody five, no bloody six. No bloody hope. It's the the original Star Wars in its unaltered 1977 release form. Bigger, longer, uncut. (laughs) Shorter. Shorter. Uncut. Uncut. Anyway. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for joining us in the 430 movie. If you're a fan of this podcast, still, you may (laughs) want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts, including The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast, uh, Inglorious Trexperts, the only podcast for Star Trek fans with a life, and Best Movies Never Made Every Other (laughs) Monday. Also, also, if listening to us is not enough Mm. to Mm. scare you, (laughs) <laughs> we know what scares you. We, we we are now on video. These podcasts are now available on video through the Electric Now channel and soon to be the Electric Now app. But um, you can watch us on Stir TV, on uh, Distro. These are all apps you can download for your smart TV or for your phone. or, or And uh, and some dumb TVs. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, you know, our, our, our previous episodes are available daily, so you should check us out. Uh, if you can take the horror of uh, horror. looking at us, but <laughs> I know some people uh, actually don't listen to these things in their car, and they actually want to watch them got, in their car. We've got <laughs> a lot of a lot of requests to actually see us on uh, uh, see they the don't video. Know what they ask for, but you're going to get it. But you know what? You'll see <laughs> on you'll, demand. You'll see that we do not use IMDb, which yeah. is important. You see, this is Sometimes. all coming very rarely. Yeah, this comes from the top of our heads. Um, that uh, you know. 
it's uh, it's a fine thing. So uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, please. You, you like, and, and in addition to uh, the wonderful podcast from Electric Surge, you can also watch episodes of Leverage, The Outpost, uh, The Librarians, um, a lot of great movies. So it's a really great uh, channel. Check it out. Um, and we're, we're really excited to be a part of it. Um, and uh, speaking of excited, um, if you enjoyed this podcast, you want to express your enthusiasm, Enthusi- please enthusiasm. rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That'll help introduce other people to podcasts. You're like, oh, no, they, they sided with Scorsese and Coppola over uh, Kevin Feige, so I, I don't think I can give them five stars. That's not what we said, by the way. And a very special thanks. Bill Ritter is back behind the big board. Bill Ritter, what's your, what's your pick for Star Wars Week, Bill? How about the Star Wars Holiday Special, 1978? <laughs> yeah! yeah! That's what I'm talking Star about. Wars Holiday Special from Bill. You know, it's so funny because... You know, when I went through my litany of choices, that was on my list, and somehow I never mentioned it. It's the low-hanging fruit, It kind of is, right? <laughs> but, but it's okay. That's it's, all you laugh. It's valid. That's all you laugh me. <laughs> no, no. You know what I would pick from that? I, w- I, would, I would parse that a little. I would say the Boba Fett but. animated film <laughs> from the Star Wars Hollywood, because the rest of it, for all everyone who's seen it, is unwatchable. <laughs> it is truly, un- I don't say that about a lot. But I mean, I remember how we were all so excited about this was CBS. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like Star Wars had come out. There's no home video yet. We're all like, you know, so excited. Anything Star Wars. This you know, episode we were, is never going to end. Yeah, we all got the, the the early bird box. You know, waiting for our Star Wars counter action figures. Plastic Galaxy is another thing worth watching. Oh, that yeah, documentary plastic, oh, about yeah, the action figures. That was also almost my pick. And <laughs> uh, and and then we watched Star Wars Holiday Special. Even as a kid, even as a kid, we knew it was crap. It was awful. It, from but. the moment the announcer said, the Jefferson Starship. <laughs> the author what? as the cantina owner. Uh, Harvey, Harvey Corman. Corman. <laughs> Art Carney. But that what just proves doing? how potent Star Wars is. Not even the Star Wars Holiday Special could kill it. Yeah. Well. So we want to wish you all out there a very happy life day. <laughs> and as we wrap up this podcast mercifully... We have to end with one thought. May the Force force be with with you always. Always. See you next Friday. This episode brought to you by Chome, Combite Honate Ober Advancer Mercantiles. The spice must flow. This show was produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.